The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. Hi everyone, I am Maka19 and this is the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast coming to you live once again on Port Fan Radio. And joining me once again as co-host, as always... It's Fishing Richard. How are you, mate? Woohoo, Macca! I'm excited. I've decided I'm going to do something new tonight. Awesome. It, against good. your wishes. Oh, that's okay. No, it's not. <laughs> I, will I can always next... put you on mute. You... Hey, 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 come on. <laughs> Is that what you've been doing every week? I've got the power! <laughs> He's got it back, the control freak. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tweet port play, players during the show tonight and see... See if any will uh, retweet or um, or actually comment to something, and uh, see if I can get any action from the port port boys. So uh, let's see what happens. That's it. Well, Scotty on uh, on Twitter is pumped. He says, uh, "I'm pumped. Let's do it." So let's get into it. And look, we've got a guest on this evening. Um, he's back for the second time this year. Uh, we're talking to Chad Wingoat. Hey boys, thanks for having me back. Too easy, buddy. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me again. What, what have you seen like the a, season so far? That crazy goat audio clip, Macca. <laughs> Man. That makes me laugh all night. <laughs> anyway, sorry. So how have you seen the season so far, mate? Well, it wasn't the best first two weeks, but we've really consolidated the past three and we've got our heads above water now finally. So pretty pleased with the start. I mean, three and two, you'd probably take that at the start of the year. Maybe a cheeky four and one, but it's not too bad. It's not all doom and gloom. It's doable. You take it every time, I reckon. Yeah. Given our death start. So you're saying, you're saying it's a Pamela Anderson, is that what you're saying, Macca? <laughs> if you want to go in that direction, then yes, I guess. Cool bananas. That's a name I haven't heard for about 15 years. Yeah, I'm showing my age, aren't I? <laughs> you certainly are. I know. What's the what's the uh, modern equivalent of Pamela Anderson these days? I don't know. Probably Miranda Kerr, I guess. Taylor Swift or something. <laughs> Taylor Swift. Yeah. Okay. I'm big. I'm big. I'm Kim a... Kardashian. I don't know. Kim, Kim Kardashian would be the Pamela Anderson of modern age. That was age, my first guess. Yeah, that's a that's a good call. I like that shout. Right. Well, let's get into it, um, and we'll talk about something that has affected um, the selections this week, and that is the injury to Jared Polek. It looks like he's going to be out for two months. He, I believe he's been put on the long-term injury list um, with a bit of a foot injury. Um, it seems to have been troubling him for a couple of weeks now, so it seems like it's the right decision to make. It's a bit yeah, it's... Uh, devastating, isn't it? Yeah, it's frustrating, because he had such a great sort of first three or four weeks. Yeah, it's a long-term call we're making here, isn't it? We're, we're weighing up the 10 weeks versus 10 years because he's, he's still a very young player, obviously. Um, yeah, we, we tried to manage it and obviously it hasn't really pulled off in the end and now we have to put him on the long-term injury list. Mm. Yeah, and so now he had um, a foot injury at Brisbane, didn't he? I think he had numerous injuries at Brisbane, so I guess that's the concern is um, was last year a bit of a... Indian summer, I guess, um, 
was mm. last year where he played pretty much every game out of the blue, um, and we could expect these sort of um, injury layoffs every year, or you know, is it just a, a chance accident? Well, I, re- I remember, uh, and I reckon I commented on this in, on the forums a couple of years ago, but there was a, a good article on Fox Sports News about five years ago where uh, a doctor came out and was saying that you can only get stress fractures before the age of 20. So, And this was all about the Australian uh, um, test cricket bowlers at the time and uh, they should really rest their workload when they're young because once you're over that age of 20, you can't get a stress fracture. So I don't know if that's still true or not, but... I'm pretty sure Pollock had um, foot injuries um, during his time at, at Brisbane. So uh, I guess I think the club's doing the right thing. We've seen these sort of injuries, even um, uh, cruel uh, players' careers, like Egan at um, Geelong. Yep. So That's true. Why, why risk it, especially with our draw sort of just softening just a little bit? There's no reason and to And currently risk. Jack Trengove as well. Yes, and Jack. Yeah, well, he's, he's another one that pops to mind as well. He's a former schoolmate of mine. He went to school with him, so okay. showing my age. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I feel for him as well, just as well as I feel for Pollock, in all honesty. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, uh, I think all of us football supporters don't like to see any player go down with injury. I mean, happy to see a player like Hodge get rubbed out for being a thug, but we don't want to see any player um, uh, get injured. It's just not part of what we want to see is football. So, And I'm sure Jared will get the best treatment and get looked after and will be back fit and firing, which creates an opportunity for one of our other young players to make a name for themselves, doesn't it? It sure does. Um, I guess the question is, do we add someone from the rookie list onto the senior list? Um, someone like Sam Gray, who's been in fantastic form in the SANFL, or Tom Logan, who's got the experience? Or do we keep that spot open um, for when Cracker might need it uh, when Frampton's back playing? I say leave it for uh, Cracker because he looks like he's the uh, most ready-made AFL player of the bunch. But well, Logan might be serviceable, no doubt. But Cracker looks like he's in good form, so keep him in it, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, I would. Um, I would uh, probably keep it open, uh, just with that the influence of Cracker. Um, our, our list is still pretty fit and healthy. We we don't have an excessive amount of injuries at this point in time. Um, so, and I'd be really keen to keep Cracker in the side. I think he's doing a great job. So, um, look, if and we always knew that there was probably going to be uh, longer term injuries during the season. Every footy club gets it, unfortunately, and uh, I guess this allows that opportunity for that window to stay open longer for Crack. So, uh, why not uh, use that? We don't need to rush and play our hand too early. So we might as well uh, go straight to the preview for uh, this Sunday's game. It starts at 4.10pm. It's uh, Port versus West Coast at uh, Adelaide Oval. We've got a very good win-loss record against the Eagles at 17-9. Um, and we've won the last two as well. And last time we met, it was that 14-point victory in the West um, in Round 5 last year. Um, I guess, what are your expectations from uh, this weekend? A pumping. Percentage booster? Absolutely. I'm with <laughs> you there, Chad. I want to see them pump the uh, West Coast Eagles. And, um, yeah, I've been trawling through the stats a little bit and uh, and then I've thrown them all out the window because I reckon the stats are absolutely useless. We've had the hardest draw of the year and West Coast have had a pretty soft draw to the year. So I think this, you can't even look at the stats and try and make any comparables. I think the only one I took out of it which I thought might have been any semblance of something was 
our the rebound 50s where ports averaging 48 uh, rebound 50s to west coast with a poultry uh, 33 which shows there's not much run coming from their defense which again i'm not sure is going to help them a lot and they they got smashed by us in the preseason as well yeah, I mean, I'm not even sure you can take much out of that given our last two weeks where we've um, just been bombarded with inside 50s. And they haven't been. Mm. That's what I mean. The stats are just almost useless for this game. You, you can't really... It's just... Uh, yeah, it's just looking at quality. And West Coast have got their injuries. So do you guys think Josh Kennedy's actually going to play? If they can get him on the park, I think they definitely will because, you know, quite simply, they don't really have anyone else that can um, come in and fill his position as effectively as what he can. I mean, I think he's leading the Coleman at the moment, so he's certainly one of the best uh, key forwards in the league. Great on the lead, a fantastic set shot at goal. Um, and, you know, whilst they've got, you know, Fraser McInnes and maybe, you know, Scott Lysett that they might be able to put up there at a, at a stretch, um, yeah, I mean, if they lose Kennedy... You can't really see them winning many games at all, to be honest. Well, he had an interview today, well, kind of an interview. He was just harassed by the media as he was leaving training this, this evening or this afternoon. And um, he essentially said if he's feeling up to it tomorrow, if he, he pulls, up, pull, pulls up right tomorrow, sorry, no soreness in the elbow, he will play. If not, then they'll rest him. Uh, my gut feeling is he's probably 80-20 likely to play. Yeah. So he looks like him a jab and, and get him yeah. through. He's going to be managed probably through the season, you'd imagine. And, uh, I think so. Until they're not in contention. And then, uh, and then what, off they go, I guess, and, and send him off for surgery, which is a bit of a shame. And, you know, I mean, people are a bit worried about the matchup of uh, Kennedy on Alapade. But, I mean, Alapade is in such form. I mean, is he really going to be, um, uh, you know, is he going to take to Alapade like he has some of the uh, lesser names. Well, look, um, Carlisle did a great job on him last year. He kept him to four marks and just the one goal. So, you know, he's got good form against um, against Kennedy. So I'll certainly back uh, Bobby in to, uh, to do the job once again. I guess uh, for me, the only stat that really matters this week, um, and I spoke about it last night on the AFL Review Show, um, is that West Coast are just simply the ultimate flat-track bully. They've played 16 games against top six teams in the last two and a bit years, and they haven't won a single one. They're 0-16 and 16 against the top six, which is a absolutely horrid record. Mm. Yeah, as I was saying, if you lose to West Coast, you're not going to make the eight. So yeah. it's, it's pretty straightforward, isn't it, from the stats? Yeah. You can't really get more flat-track than that, that's for sure. No. As you can tell, we're very, uh, very excited and overwhelmed by the magnitude of this game that's coming up on our one of four run of Sunday Twilight games. It's a very exciting uh, fixture. Well, it's, um, yeah, I guess it's, you know, and with all respect Day. to West Coast, yeah, on Mother's Day as well, with all respect to West Coast, I guess there's a bit of a letdown after our first five weeks where we played, what, the top five teams of last year plus the Crows. I mean, it's... Um, I guess you're always going to get a, a little bit of a sense of a letdown when you when you come up against lesser teams, I guess. But, you know, hopefully the players don't have that same attitude. <laughs> you're being very polite. A bit of I a am letdown. being very polite. <laughs> a bit of a letdown. <laughs> it's like being dropped from a 20-storey building. <laughs> well, look, I don't mind West Coast. I like the way they play, and I think they've got some uh, pretty exciting players. And, 
Um, you know, they, you never know. They might be able to give us a, a good test and, and give us a bit of a run around. But you would hope not. You would hope that um, we can come out firing and get a pretty big lead in the first half and and cruise in the second half. I guess. Yeah. Well, where's the game going to be won then, boys? What are we doing here? And does anyone want to tweet in their comments on their expectation from the game or or how they're feeling? Are they as deflated as us? We sound bloody miserable about this game. Yeah. And feel free to call in as well. Yes, Mac is happy to take calls, and I want to see Do if it. we can. Act. I actually want to see if we can successfully take a call. So then, maybe if we can do it well, maybe we, we can teach other hosts like Al how to do it properly. Maybe <laughs> I'm joking, Al. I know it's still a sensitive issue for him if he is listening. I'm not joking. <laughs> <laughs> Look, where's the game going to be won? Uh, for West Coast, I guess it's going to be won in the midfield. I mean, that's still. Probably their best um, area of the ground. I mean, Nat Nui's an absolute beast in the ruck, even though he's hopeless around the ground. Um, I mean, they've, they've got uh, Andrew Gaff, who's probably in career best form at the moment. You know, Matt Prudis has continued on his, uh, his Brownlow uh, winning form from last year. And, you know, Chris Maston, Luke Shuey, Dom Sheed, I mean, they're all in pretty good form at the moment. So that's where they might be able to get a bit of an advantage. And, and if they can win it out of the middle, which is something that... Um, you know, we've really struggled to do um, in the first five rounds, then you never know. They might um, they might be able to get it forward and, and kick some quick goals and give us a bit of a game. Yeah, I agree. The middle is the key area that we need to win in order to shut them out of the game. I mean, we've really struggled the past two weeks in particular, um, losing the clearances and, and thus conceding all those inside 50s that everyone keeps talking about. Um Wines out, Pollock out now. It's going to make it a lot tougher for us, but hopefully we have the depth to cover it, and hopefully we'll prove that we have the depth now as well. That's it. Well, we should be saying hello to uh, Nicholas Teal. Are you there, mate? <laughs> How you going, boys? Yes, nah. it worked, Good work, Nick. It worked perfectly today. Well done. Oh yes, <laughs> we have solved the for everything. How That's was it. the uh, How was the uh, talking footy uh, tonight, Nick? Down at the club. It was packed out. Jackson selling his Shiloh clothing. It was great. I was a bit disappointed that Jackson wasn't there in his uh, new new vision top. I'll uh, I'll have to have a chat to him about <laughs> have that. A bit of a word for, yeah, have a bit of a word to him for that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was good. Um, it was another tie again. So they actually did another kickoff to try and break the tie. Have, has any has it ever happened where because I noticed they kicked towards the port store. Have they ever kicked the footy or handballed the footy and actually missed the the signage and actually hit the window? Not the players themselves. No. <laughs> you would <laughs> hope not. <laughs> You'd hope not, wouldn't you? <laughs> they would be playing if they missed the sign. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> they could get nervous. Yeah, that's true. Well, some of the punters that uh, you know, Bazza calls up, you know, they might miss the sign a little bit. I know yeah. once I almost did, but... It hit the sign. <laughs> well, Nicholas, what are your expectations of uh, this weekend, mate? I reckon it's going to be a massive blowout our way. I reckon they're just... We're going to be... You know, they're sick of the inside 50s. They're going to handle them. And uh, I reckon we'll get up by at least 10 goals. That's my call. That's a fair call. So it's going to be a bloodbath on Mother's Day. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's you hope know, it's a Mother's Day massacre. That'd be great. You know, Nick, Nick's actually calling in, hoping that he's gonna. I'm gonna change my mind and let him actually uh, 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 call, call in. The, who am I? 
And I hope you haven't been undermining this whole competition by telling everyone at the Port Club who the winner is and the call I is. I kept my lips sealed. I promise well, you that, Rick. Well done, mate. That's what I like to hear. Yeah, that's all good. Look, guys, who are your danger men this week for West Coast? Mm, well, if Kennedy... Don't all start at once. <laughs> if Kennedy does play... Uh, I'm not really worried about him because I reckon one of our boys might accidentally bump that elbow and he'll be sub straight off. Uh, so a waste of sub that way, I reckon, if they play him. Uh, other than that, it's not really that many that they have. It's a, is this a bit of an indictment on West Coast, um, the development? Because... Yeah, you know, only a few. It feels like only a few years ago they, you know, they had some great players that were were coming through. You know, in addition to Pritis, you had Maston and Gaff and Chewy, and you know they were going to be the next big midfield thing. And uh, and where are they? They're they're there, but they're they're not there. If that makes any sense. It does. I mean, it was uh, what was it? Two thousand twelve. They won their first six games and. I think uh, eight of their first ten or something like that, and you know they made a prelim in 2011, uh, made the semis in 2012, and it's just been downhill from there. That they've just lacked that development. Um, the midfield is very one-paced. Um, you know they they lack the skills. They have trouble rebounding from defence, and they're they're pretty sort of. I guess they they, they only really look for Kennedy and Lacroix up forward, um, especially now with uh, with Darling out of the side as well. I mean that's uh, that's a big blow for them. We've had, we've had two tweets. Bevan's tweet in saying that he reckons our tall should be too, uh, our tall forward should be too tall for the West Coast backline, and he reckons uh, Ryder's going to have a day out. And uh, Catherine um, thinks, do we play worse when we're expected to win easily? And I, I can remember quite a few times um, me predicting big wins, and we haven't got them. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we're not right, Catherine. You are the kiss of death, mate. Apparently they've Same got a Sam. Comes to mind. Yeah, they've got a Sam Butler who's only 187 centimeters on Ryder, according to their uh, sheet there. So he might be right on the ball there. Yeah, and look, I mean, at the end of the day, well, what we're putting up as key forwards now is um, it's going to be a challenge from nearly all teams um, to actually, uh, you know, match up strongly against us. Look, we've actually only won one game after the showdown in the last three years. Why is that? I don't know. I mean, we, we played North Melbourne last year away from home, and that's a bit of a bunny team. We lost to Essendon last year. Uh, we beat Gold Coast the year before that um, and lost to Geelong at Geelong. So, you know, it's, it's probably a, one part of it's the teams that we've actually been playing, I guess. Yeah. But also, yeah, you have this huge game that you work really hard to win because you want to win the showdown, and I guess it's inevitable to to suffer a little bit of a letdown, as we've just spoken about um, from us mm. in the stands. Yeah, that's very true, and I mean, I'm sure the players feel that sort of stuff too. And I like I like Bevan's uh, another tweet to me saying that uh, their best midfielder is now playing for us boys. That's why there's a bit of a <laughs> a, a letdown, and I mean, what what a gun he's turned into. He's been a star this year for us, no doubt about it. Yeah, he certainly has. Hey, Maka, should I bring back out on Big Footy my infamous thread that I got back the crap out on? Who who will be better? <laughs> the Ebert versus Dangerfield thread. Ebert versus Dangerfield. Did I get 
shit can for that one, buddy. Oh, that is ridiculous. I still, and you could, I'd still argue that uh, by the end of the career, it will be a very, very interesting debate. Well, he's got Pritis, so uh, that should be interesting. Mm. Speaking yeah. of Dangerfield, though, I just want to say, how the hell did he get six votes in the coaches' award last week? I do one not vote for each effective disposal, or what? <laughs> oh, look, he, he played a very good game, and he could have played a brilliant game if he could have kicked straight. He played a great game for us. Hmm. Well, you never know. Maybe uh, maybe Hinkley gave him five. <laughs> maybe, so they, keep, so they keep selecting him. It's oh. awful, isn't it? Secretly so, inflating his value on the market. I'm going to uh, I'm going to tweet uh, Travis and our captain and see if he'll do a retweet. What do you reckon? What do you reckon our chances are? Uh, pretty slim, I would say. Pretty slim. Come on, yeah. I've got it. Jarman's ignored me. Jackson's ignored me. Brendan's ignored me. I'll I'll have to get one before the end of the night. Go Kane Corns, <laughs> He's always active on Twitter. Is he? Mm. All right. I'll try I'll try that after after our captain courageous. I'll I'll mute my mic quickly so you don't hear me typing. Well, okay. Chad, who are your dangerous players for West Coast this week? Oh, man. Since the midfield is dangerous, and this is, of course, given Kenny does not play, because I think he's obviously the number one danger man, given his, um, how, how frequently they score using him. Um, I'd say Pritis in the midfield, and Duggan, their new recruit this year, who's been probably, so far, the best player of this year's draft, or last year's draft, end of last year's draft. Um, yep. He definitely can pop up and hurt us, so hopefully we can shut him down. Mm. I just think we're going to be far too tall up forward. I think, um, as the tweet before said, I mean, you would expect McGovern to go to Schultz, which should, should be a pretty good matchup. Um, McGovern will certainly be able to, um, you know, overpower him. I guess he's a bit stronger, um, but then they they really sort of go downhill from there. I mean, Schofield on West off, you would think that would fall in our favour and. They don't really have a, a genuine matchup for Patrick Ryder. No, they don't. That's a uh, that's going to be their genuine challenge, isn't it? I mean, how's the uh, how's our ruck combo is going to go um, against uh, Nick Nat? Oh, I think they'll probably struggle in terms of hit out numbers, but I've, I'm hoping that our midfield can um, can play to that as they've played to that all year. So. Has he has he improved? I haven't seen much of West Coast. Has Nick Nat uh, improved his around the groundwork and his marking, or is he still a, a no. little bit off with that? He has taken four marks in five games this year. Right. Wow. So he's uh, even worse than Lobie, which is um, which is something. He's <laughs> <laughs> very high. Which is probably harsh on on Lobie because Lobie around the ground is actually pretty good. He just can't mark. And he's ball, only played but... two games. Yeah, well, that's it. But Nat Nui. I mean, he's a fan. He's probably been quite a disappointment, really. If you if you follow his career, it, despite the fact that he made All Australian a couple of years ago, I mean, I don't think he's the player that um, everyone expected him to be. No, and I think he's that's... no Jack Watts, but he's close. <laughs> I think that's the whole argument of natural ability versus. Um... Uh, athletic ability, isn't it? You know, you, you've got the great player that can that can read the play and and just judge the ball, and um, 
and uh, the, and then you've got the athletic bling of uh, a knickknack, but doesn't really have that uh, that judgment. And it, I think it just uh, yeah, if you can get it to connect, you get a superstar. But how often do you see that end up connecting against bottom ten sides? I mean, his best is just phenomenal, but he just really shows it. Well, what what do you do? Luckily, we didn't pick him. He was all the rage in the draft, wasn't he? Mm. But anyway, I'd rather have Ryder and Lobie, to be honest. Yeah. So, so who do you think is going to be man of the match uh, for us on Mother's Day? Man of the match. I want to say Ebert, just for the lols. I reckon it might be Brad Ebert. To be honest, I I reckon he's uh, he's had a fantastic start to the year and he's probably been a little bit underrated, especially by me. There's always been someone else that's sort of bobbed up, but you know he's getting a lot of ball and he's uh, playing hard football and and gut running football as per normal. And it was really similar to last year, don't you reckon, Macca, with um, Brad Ebert? He had a great first eleven games and then after that Sydney game, he must have copped an injury and, and sort of dropped off. Yep, no, that's a good recalling there. He certainly did start the season last year very well, and he's just a fantastic runner, and you know he accumulates the bowl, and and his disposal has improved out of sight, I think, in the last sort of twelve months. Yeah, no doubt. His first yeah. half last week was pretty phenomenal. Twenty-two touches. He yeah. was clearly our best player in that first half, and we were kind of hanging on but uh, still quite in front, comfortably, on the scoreboard. He definitely helped us out. Mm. I'm going to say Patrick Ryder is going to kick uh, six goals this week in a best-on-ground performance. Six goals. That is huge. Big call. How about Schultze, then? How many is he going to kick? Uh, Fifteen. I think Schultz might be well held I think Schultz might be well held this week because McGovern's a very tough opponent and he reads the play really well and um, I think he might be held to maybe you know under three I'm going to say and I think Westhoff might uh, kick one or two but uh, Patrick Ryder's going to be the star this week Well Schultz maybe play a decoy role to facilitate Ryder being the star this week yeah, It's possible It yeah. is possible yeah, lead the key defender out of the play to explore, exploit the uh, smaller defenders and let Westhoff and Ryder have the showtime. Mm. Well, look, in the thrill of um, discussing this game, we've actually forgotten to name the teams. Um, and obviously we've spoken about Polek, he's out. Who do yep. we expect to come in? Because we've named uh, four players into the side. Obviously three will be emergency, but Amon, O'Shea, Archie and Impey, one of them's going to come in. Which one do you take? Probably Archie for me, but I would not be surprised if O'Shea came in. Yeah, I can't see O'Shea coming in just because of uh, matchups. I, I think he might um, he might stay out of the side. I think like for like, I'm expecting Amon to come in for his debut game, which would be fantastic. Um, but I would also like to see Impy back in the side. I think he started the season really well. Unfortunately, he got injured, and um, you know I think he deserves a spot in the side as well. I reckon the arch. I don't think I don't. I wouldn't rush Impy back. I'd give him a week off, err on the side of caution, and reward Arch for his um, uh, the guy uh, the guy uh, for his uh, performances in the two games that he played, and and I think he came back well last week. So give him another shot. All right. And for my last comment, and I'll let you guys go after this. I reckon Amon's coming in. That's what we called last night on the uh, yeah. Mega Show. So that's Amon. where I reckon yep. that. 
Well, he was emergency last week. Um, you know, he's pl- he played two really good games the the two weeks before that. Um, yeah, oh, I would love to see him come in. I think he's the he's the perfect replacement for Polek. He'd be able to run up and down that wing. He can kick goals. He delivers the ball really well. Um, I'd like to see him get a debut, and I think um, coming up against West Coast at home would be you know a, a pretty perfect debut for him. Yeah, it would, but I'm biased, and I'd like to see the arch get another shot. I think I think the arch. <laughs> oh, me needs, too. Yeah, I think the arch needs more opportunities to be honest than what Amon does at this point in time. Okay, no worries. All right, I'll see you guys later. Thanks for calling in, mate. No worries, guys. See ya, buddy. See ya. It's not that hard to call in, so maybe we can get someone else to uh, have the courage to uh, uh, to call in. And Catherine reckons Brad Ebert's going to be man of the match as well because it's uh, he's her fantasy captain in in absence of Lewis. <laughs> and Wingard yes, did party and mark of the year by Scott Ebert for 150 dream team points, please. 150 dream team points, nice. I don't even play dream team anymore. It's too complicated now. Look, Scott on Twitter has said that Wingard to have a party and a, and a mark of the year as well. Wingard. Hashtag Wingard. Wingard. That needs to trend. Jeez, get it right. <laughs> Who's going to win, boys? Port. By plenty. Is that a real question? <laughs> For the sake of the podcast, yes. It is. Port by plenty. I reckon Port by 68 points. Oh. 11 Big goals. One. 11, 11. I like it. Well, I'm being conservative, and I've got us by eight goals. Okay. Right. That's conservative. Macca. I'm going to say we might suffer a bit of a letdown this week, coming up uh, the uh, post-showdown hangover, and I think we will win by four points. Four points. Would you think the showdown was such a brutal affair last week that it would have uh, affected the boys phys- physically for this week in their recovery? I think not necessarily just the showdown, but the previous five games against outstanding opposition and very tough opposition where the previous three weeks we've maybe struggled a bit in the second half. And I think um, maybe mentally we might suffer a little bit of a, a letdown this week. And I hope not, but I think it might be closer than expected. That being said, West Coast still need to win the game if they want to win. Yeah, right. absolutely. So what are you but saying? I'm still saying Ryder by six goals. So you're saying uh, four points to Port? Yep. So what is the what are the supporters going to be like post-game and the day after on all, on all the internet forums and everything? Uh, and expectations if we only win by four points. Do you do you think there's going to be a little bit of backlash there? I think it'll probably be similar to what we saw after the Melbourne game, where it was a, a bit of relief and a bit of frustration that we didn't win by more. Interesting call. Different situation, though, to be fair. The players were in a bit of a, a tougher situation with the workloads and obviously in some pretty bad form, whereas I wouldn't say we're in a horrible form, but... The differential in 50, inside 50s is a bit of a concern as of the past few weeks. Are you guys reading anything into that at all? Or is that just given our, our positive or accurate kicking in front of goals and the opposition's inaccurate kicking in front of goals? I think it's definitely a concern because, as Hinkley said after the game last week, I mean, you know, last year we were one of the best teams in the league in terms of limiting the opposition to inside 50s. And this year we are significantly worse at that. We're one of the worst in the league. So, you know, to give up, what, 70-odd 
inside 50s two weeks running is not a good stat. And uh, it certainly needs to tighten up. Are the midfield not working hard enough defensively? Is it our clearances? What do you pinpoint it down to? I think it's... Um, what a combination. I, don't know. I think against Hawthorne, it was probably uh, midfield work. I think against the Crows, it was more that we just kept turning the ball over and we couldn't deal with their forward press um, in their forward half of the ground, which meant um, every time we tried to clear the ball, it just kept coming back in. And I think... Um, those inside 50 stats against the Crows were maybe a little bit inflated given that given their uh, shoddy style disposal inside 50. Yeah, given the style of play and their, their poor disposal coming inside 50. And also our poor disposal outside of going outside of defensive 50 as well. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree with that, that, that statement pretty much. With the uh, Hawthorne game being there, the work rate in the fourth quarter in particular was pretty... Pretty poor trying to get the ball out of our defensive 15. Same being said, for the uh, Adelaide game, it was rather woeful getting the ball out. So hopefully mm-hmm. we, can, we can bring that back up. And West Coast apparently, according to their fans, play a similar style to Adelaide, but I haven't quite seen that yet. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm not sure about that either. <laughs> mm. I think they're uh, they're pulling your leg on that one, I reckon. What are you yeah, reckon? raising an eyebrow there. Mm. With the inside 50s? The concern, yeah, well, like I said, bleeding on for the last week and a half, it's a bit of an issue. But I just want to see, um, uh, I just want to see more more games against more opponents to see if it's anomalies. I, I think there might be a bit of a, a secret squirrel strategy uh, in our game plan, depending on the teams that we're playing. And I mean, Hawthorne like to do sort of a, a press zone as well, and so do Adelaide. And there's no coincidence with both of those. We've leaked. Uh, more inside 50s. Against the other teams, it's been more comparable. So um, our reckons that you guys are hogging the show and not letting me get a word in tonight. So that's probably there's a lot of people that would be happy with that, though, I'd imagine. You so, sound busy, Rick. You I am. I'm trying, doing other things. I'm trying to tweet and trying to get someone from the port to bloody acknowledge that we exist, much to uh, my disgust. No one's, no one's willing to do it. And, uh, yeah, I'm listening. I'm enjoying the show. It's good. I've got to say, I'm really struggling. It's, it's not... It's, the, the, next eight, the next eight weeks are going to be a tough grind, aren't they? I'm, well, I'm really... Sharpen up, Rick. I'm looking forward to the... G- well, you know, I'm a little bit disappointed, Maka. I'm actually very disappointed. You know, I had Nick make us a, a great sound clip and I had this outrageous comment lined up and you're, you're black banning it. You're taking control. It would have been a great little segment. And I reckon there's a bit of... I reckon there's a reason why you're not allowing this segment to go ahead tonight. Well, if you want to bring it up again for the third time, then feel free. Well, there's probably a lot of people new to Bigfooty that don't even know were the origins of your thoughts. It's... Uh, and I, as the mecca of Port Adelaide, I, I think people are entitled to uh, <laughs> to know what you really think. Well, that's okay. Think... If, if you want to bring up what I thought 15 years ago when I was 18 years old, then that's, that's perfectly fine. <laughs> I just, I don't know, I just think it's hilarious. So now, but now we're talking in-house. So um, I guess I won't read Who am I? Comment. Who am I? Who am I? Who are you? All right, call in. The clue tonight is they're a life member. That narrows it down. 
They've kicked between two and four hundred goals. They're a life member. They followed Richo. They've got no, a trophy. Rich, Richo follows me. Richo follows me. They've got a trophy. Yeah. Born in and they were born in 1966. You got to call in. Call in, people. Elaine, I know you were keen. You got to call in, Elaine. All right, let's see. People no are going to be in. kicking themselves when they if, work out who it is. If no one calls in, well, then it just carries over to next week when someone might call in. So uh, I don't care. The longer it I takes, think people the... need to uh, to concentrate on the uh, Richo follows me clue because I Shush. think that's that's a Shush. good one. Shush! Don't give it away. I'm not giving anything away, Rick. It's you just want to give you just want to give up my money, don't you? That's These what people don't know who it is. It's okay. That's good. That's what we want. It's supposed to be a challenge. And uh, look, let's talk about the SANFL. It's Port versus Sturt this week at Albert and Oval on Saturday. Once again, you can listen to it on Life FM um, if you can't make it to the game. Um, we've got a very good win-loss record against Sturt. We've won 176. They've won 97. We've won the last two games. Um, you know, we'll probably see... Um, we might see maybe one player come out, maybe Archie. Um, O'Shea and Archie are out of the side at the moment, but you would expect... Um, either them or Amon to come back in um, in terms of dependent on who um, gets named in the AFL team. Um, I guess we are hoping for a win this week, boys. We should be, but are we? Probably. You would hope so. Can we get it done against Sturt? Are we disappointed with the Maggies? Should they be better or performing better? Look, they're a very young team this year. They've lost a bit of experience from last year. I think they're probably performing as expected. I guess, for me, the issue is about maybe concentration because our first half of the last two weeks have been outstanding. Our second halves have been uh, diabolical in the last two weeks. So I think they just need to maybe um, put their heads down, concentrate a little bit more and make sure they get the job done. I was going to say, two losses in two weeks. Did we even lose two two games at all last year? Jeez. Um, yeah, we lost. I think we lost about six last year. Yeah. It was a joke, of course, but anyway. Yeah, um, that's all right. Yeah, we're in a bit of bad form, aren't we, in, in the Maggies? And yeah, it's a bit disappointing, isn't it? Especially given Pollock's injury, we need someone to step up and say, pick me for the AFL side so I can solidify myself in the starting 22, and that hasn't really happened the past two weeks especially, so yeah. a bit disappointing. But you you said we're a young side, but we've still got plenty of experience in there, I, I would have thought, Macca, to, uh, to probably get over the line against a game like the Eagles from the position that we're in. Yeah, as I said, I think it's a concentration issue. I think maybe they expect the results as uh, we got them last year, and it's just not happening at the moment. Mm. Is there something going on in paradise? Overconfidence. I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, probably a little bit of overconfidence. I think, um, you know, I, I really want to see our key forwards fire this week. I think they've uh, they've been pretty disappointing so far this year. And, you know, hopefully um, one of Butcher, Harvey and Shaw can uh, kick a bag of goals this week and, um, and put them their name uh, in the lights, I guess. But, 
Yeah, I, I think um, the game's probably going to be one in the midfield again. I think um, a midfield of Summerton, Stewart, um, Sammy Gray, Jakey Need, you know, Tommy Logan running through there. It's a very, very strong midfield, and I think they just need to concentrate a bit more and, and win a bit more of the hardball. Do they? Do you think, as a team, they've got the the passion um, to win? I hope so, because a lot of these guys are playing for their AFL careers as well. So you know, you struggle in the lower league. There's a chance you're going to get dropped at the end of the year. Simple as that. Mm. Just ask them. Mm. I do, I would have thought they'd be a little bit better than what they are. Are we over? Are we overstating it a little bit? Because they have won two and lost two, so they haven't been disastrous. We've been well in front at half time in the two games we've lost, and we've played probably what three poor quarters for the season. I think it's the fade out that's concerning in particular. Mm. Have you noticed a trend between the fade outs at SANFL level and maybe our fade outs or poor second halves at uh, AFL level? Is it a fitness issue? Well, we were saying the same thing last year as well, weren't we? Um, where we were uh, questioning uh, whether there's a um, a bit of a uh, correlation between the the A's and the and the B's, and and now it's coming up again. It, it could be possible. Hmm. I'm not so I mean, sure, but it's yeah. a small sample size, having uh, as you said before. But it is eyebrow raising and concerning. So, who's going to win this week? I'm going to say Port by 32 points. Yeah, I reckon Port by, I don't know, I'll go five points. I reckon we'll just fall over the line. Yeah, I, I have Port by eight points. So, yeah, similar theory to you, Rick. Yeah, good work. When does the um, when does the spotlight get turned on Mitch Harley and Mason Shaw? Uh, pretty soon, I would think. I mean, Shaw's got maybe a reason because he didn't really have much of a preseason, hasn't played a lot of footy so far this year. Um, and look, Mitch Harvey's been really good in parts, but you know, again, we're still playing him as this ruckman, and I'm just not sure it's his natural position. Mm. No, it doesn't look like it is. It doesn't. Hurt. So what had a pretty the... good first half last week. He kicked two goals in the first quarter and then just fell completely out of the game. So. Is his engine or his tank a concern? Uh, I think it's always going to be a concern. I think he's a little bit sluggish across the field, but yeah, I think that's going to be something that he has to deal with. So if you guys could choose and you knew that they were going to become AFL stars, where would you put Mitch Harvey? And Mason Shaw. I think Mitch Harvey's a natural full forward. And I think Mason Shaw's probably that sort of spot in between centre-half forward and full forward. I think he's a bit more of a centre-half forward. Mm-hmm. And, uh... But look, I mean, you, you look at our forward line at AFL level, and Schultz is what? He's over 30. Westhoff is pretty close as well. Um, you know, it drops well... It drops quite a long way after that, and you know these guys need to start to stand up a little bit and and push for selection and and take some pressure off the guys at AFL level. Absolutely, I still like Logan Ox Austin as a uh, as a forward. I reckon he'll I reckon he'll evolve a into a, yeah. I reckon he'll evolve into a uh, into a forward player for us. Okay, 
Well, you can't pigeonhole him already in his first year and go, uh, what is he, six foot five? No, he's only going to be a defender. Why can't he be a forward? No, that's true. I just think he looks more of a natural defender. But you are, you are absolutely correct. Um, it doesn't mean he can't be a forward. And look, Catherine has, um, has tweeted in, uh, Nord game was a, a top-heavy side in the rain. Eagles were the inside form um, at the moment, so you can't really read too much into R4, which I guess is, is also fair enough. And Elaine has also tweeted in and said that uh, she doesn't actually have Skype, so she can't call. Oh. <laughs> so she maybe needs, next week. She needs to uh, download it. It's not hard, Elaine. It's um, quick, pretty quick to uh, download, create an account, and you can uh, get on there and uh, give it a go. But I think Catherine's made a good point about being top-heavy is maybe the one detriment to our Magpie side that we maybe have an imbalance in our list for the Magpies due to the, the weighting of AFL players on the list, and so we don't make, necessarily have complete team balance. Yeah. And I, I think the fact that we have to play... AFL-listed guys in the seniors. We're not allowed to play them in the reserves. Also, um, you know, has a bit of a mark on that as well, I think. Yeah. Fair enough. Mm. Well, I'm a bit disappointed. Well, actually, I'm not because it's 100 bucks out of my money that can wait another week <laughs> in my bank account before I have to That's give it yeah. away. So right. uh, I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty stoked with that. So feel free. All in not good time. Talk. All in good time. I'll use the voucher myself. Go down and... Uh, I think I might go get one of those port mugs when I'm down there next. I'll design it off last time. The beer mugs. Okay. I reckon they look pretty cool. Hmm. Fair enough. Yes. Well, that's good. So, Audi Club, Macca, what are you expecting? Well, if I can make it, because I did really? forget it was Mother's Day on on uh, Sunday. So, if I can if I can make it, um, I don't know. I don't know too much about the Audi Club, so... Um, if I am able to go, I'm certainly looking forward to it and seeing what it's like. I've heard really good things about it. Haven't you, uh, haven't you learned the way to get around Mother's Day in football is you invite your mum to go to Mother's Day football? Yeah, she's not a football watcher. Well, then you take, you take her out to dinner at the Audi Club in the restaurant there. You book a table and you take her to the uh, 100 buck a head dinner or whatever it is and shout her a beautiful meal and... And uh, then you try and watch the footy out the corner of the uh, corner of your eye while you're uh, drinking a few beers and eating the meals there. The Audi Club's a great place. It's, uh, but remembering it, all the money from the Audi Club goes to the SMA and actually doesn't go to the club. So that's the uh, that's one of the trade-offs, I guess. That's it. No, I'm definitely looking forward to it if I can go. It's uh, certainly going to be an experience, and I think it's in a, in the prime watching spot for football. So yeah, it should be good. Awesome. And we've got our locker room, um, our lounge tickets still up for grabs. All you have to do is subscribe. I was really impressed with Sean last night. How smooth was Sean in his intro to the uh, to that lounge competition? He, but he showed us up hands down. So He's a legend. He's a professional. He? he is a he professional. Is. So poorfanradio.com forward slash win um, or just go on the, the mailing list and subscribe and uh, and what we'll do is uh, we'll, I'll export it into an Excel document and we'll do a random so- me, sort and whoever's at the top of the list uh, will get to join us in two weeks' time, I think, Macca. Is it two the weeks' Rich- time already? I, I reckon the Richmond game is in wow. two 
weeks. Yes, it is. The 24th of May. Wow. Unbelievable. Look at that. And, Crazy. Uh, you know, I don't mind the Sunday twilight because I, I can get half tanked and then go out the city and get more <laughs> tanked and uh, have some dinner and try and find some opposition coaches and players to harass and uh, all good. I can't get tanked because I've got to drive 250 kilometres home after the game. But apart from that, I'm still going to enjoy it. So. so how do you feel then as an interstate, oh, interstate a country supporter? Having, <laughs> Basically interstate. Yeah. Having a Sunday twilight game, is that the worst time slot for you as a country supporter? Uh, look, it's suboptimal, I'll say that. Yeah? Yeah, it's probably the worst possible time slot. Um, just because of work the next day and all that sort of stuff. But if I was living in Adelaide, I'd really enjoy the Sunday twilight game, I think. And shall we indulge the uh, the pink footy listeners that might be listening in tonight? I know REH isn't. He ignores us. He'd rather watch um, Dermy Brereton on league teams, heaven forbid, than listen to his own dedicated port radio station. It's disgraceful. Right? That's true. Discussion? That's true. You can put one on mute and listen to us. Or you That's can put exactly. us on mute and just watch league teams. What value? What yeah. <laughs> Put us on mute. That's very funny. What value would you get out of listening to Dermy? Honestly, I mean, what the hell does he know? But Dicko, oh, like... that campaigner, he tipped West Coast to beat us. Who did? Really? Dicko? Yeah, the ex Hawthorne player. Ugh. Which ex Hawthorne? Yeah, that was the response from everyone else on the panel. Everyone was like, "Really? You're tipping West Coast? Wow." Well, I guess I tipped us by four points, so I shouldn't really be that surprised. If we lose, if West Coast lose, that is. And uh, stick it to him, but he's that confident West Coast will get up over us. So Dixon is a—he's uh, got a Perth connection, though, doesn't he? I reckon he might be from Perth, or no, or he doesn't rate us. That's the issue. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Plus anyway, he's Dixon. So yeah. Yeah. Who cares? But I was just going to entertain the big footy listeners about we had our one millionth post today. We did. On Bigfooty Port, the Port Board. Typically, yay! Cheers, Dylan won it, of course. <laughs> yeah, but does it really count when you post every six seconds trying to hit that one in <laughs> post? Yeah, it's just it's just over the top. But isn't well, that I tried pretty hard to get that? But I missed Did it. You? Yeah, monumentous. I, I still don't know how Porsche's got like over forty thousand bloody posts. That is just ridiculous. I'm closing in on fifty thousand, mate. That is, uh, mate, it's ridiculous, Macca. What? It is how the ridiculous. hell do you do it? Well, I've been okay. on there for fifteen years. That's why. Yeah, I know, but it's still that's a lot of posts, man. Honestly, mm. I mean, I've really hit a logjam with my posting. Some what people have got? got nearly have got over fifty thousand, and they've been on Big Footy for about three years. Yeah, I've got fourteen thousand, and I've been on this for what eight years. But I've really hit a roadblock. I've really slowed down recently. But I thought that was impressive. And then I liked the, the, the thread, the first thread that was up for Big Footy. And mm. Macca was on there, like, in that very first thread. It's amazing, Macca. You've stood... I have been top. there. I have been here since the beginning, mate. Literally since the, the day one of the port board on Big Footy. So, Chad, how I'm old pulling up to the... Oh, I'm 23 now, and I'm pulling up to the Big... 150 posts. Oh, big milestone for me. Look, it's a slow burn, mate. It's all right. That inexperience compared to you two. 20, 23 
So what you would have been eight when when Macca first posted on the Big Footy forum, and the quality of his posting was amazing. Did you realise that even back then? Well, I didn't know that because I couldn't really use a computer when I was eight. But because he was I'm eight, I'm sure <laughs> it, it would have been good. Do, did you realise all the way back then that uh, Macca actually hated the power? I did not hate the power. I wouldn't have joined a power forum if I hated Out- the power, Rick. Outrageous, isn't it? Unbelievable. Outrageous. Ludicrous. It's an outrageous comment, but he thought the Magpies was the real Port Adelaide and the power was the imposters. <laughs> sorry, Matt. So, I just so, had... so did many other people, Rick, which I is had... the whole reason behind the One Club campaign. I uh, I had to bring it up. It was just very. Funny. He's not the only person to feel that way. So no, I know. I just it's just it. comedy. Thanks, thanks Chad. Outrage, outrageous comment. The, that's going to be our new section or segment every week. Outrageous comment. So if you find an outrageous comment on Bigfooty or on Facebook, let us know what it is, and uh, we're going to have a designated uh, segment to outrageous comment. And by all means, it is tongue in cheek. So when we take the piss out of someone about this outrageous comment don't take it personally and uh i'm feel free there's probably about uh, fourteen thousand outrageous comments by me um and i'm more than happy for people to bring up every single one of them i don't care i'll i'll cop more on the chin like pooeket I, I will be doing it one at a time mate so we will be here for <laughs> another 56 years well you've yeah, just to clarify is this port only posters or just in general no, we can, we'll go in general. I mean, it should have a port-related theme to it. Like, I, I'd actually go Ben Dixon picking West Coast to beat Port. Yeah, that was it for this week. That is that's, an outrageous comment. Where is our bloody intro music, Macca? That would have been great. That's even more outrageous than Macca bagging out that the Magpies are the real port. Um, to come out and say that shows he's got no credibility as a football journalist, as far as I'm concerned. So yeah, we'll give uh, we'll give Benny Dixon the the inaugural outrageous comment of the week for that one. And what about the other one I noticed, which uh, in the media was uh, Bomber Thompson on the uh, AFL for three sixty uh, was asked the question uh, Boak or Dangerfield, and he was quite categoric with his stance that he'd take Travis Boak. Well. You just would, wouldn't you? He's got the runs on the board. And whilst Dangerfield might get more of the ball, he might be maybe a bit more explosive. I think um, Boak absolutely smashes him out of the park in terms of um, his ability to change a game, his leadership, all that sort of stuff. Boak wins hands down. Well, it shows what he valued most in a, in a player, in a team. He obviously valued the leadership attribute far more than the explosiveness of Dangerfield. But that being said, he rates both players pretty highly as well. He he wasn't knocking on Dangerfield whatsoever, unlike me previously. Chad, now you're just ruining it. It sounded a lot better when we were just knocking on Dangerfield. Now now you're making it too sensible. <laughs> Speaking of outrageous out. comments, though, uh, I remember two weeks ago before we played Hawthorne, Hartler came out in the media saying that the Hawks pretty much bullied teams into submission, and he got absolutely smashed from everyone about it, saying, Hawks don't bully people. What are you talking about? And then this week they come out and two suspensions from some pretty dirty tactics. 
which you could define as bullying, I'd add, as well. So, hmm, interesting. No one's coming out to save Harlot for that. No. Or back him up. Outrageous. 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 So, so let's, uh, let's wrap up this outrageous podcast. Well, I just want to say it's... Um, I'm, in, I'm a bit disappointed. No one's got the courage to call in. Or maybe people don't know what the, uh, the who am I is. Maybe I've got them stumped. Well, Alex Hale has sent me a message on Skype and said, I think you have us stumped at the moment. I'd call in, but I don't have any idea. Okay. So, so we'll, make a, we'll think about a clue next week, which, is, which might uh, help things along a little bit. There okay. we go. Well, Timmy G loves him. This is true. You've probably and... given it away there. So, oh, no, not really. Well, if you scroll through, if if someone's dedicated enough to listen to the podcast where we've had Timmy G on it, I'm pretty sure Timmy G spoke about this person once. Nah, too much hard work. There you go. You got to work for it. That's it. All right, boys. Chad, thanks for coming back on, buddy. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Will you well, be at the game on the weekend? Yes, I will be there. Nice. Good work, Rick, as always, mate. I'll be there. I might even go to that Argentinian restaurant across the road afterwards at La Boca. That looked really good. I was there for a couple of drinks on Wednesday night, so I might uh, book in a table and go for dinner there afterwards. Good stuff. Sounds good. I'm right, excited. Boys. Indeed. Come Have a good night. Gunpair. Spears it inside 50, Schultz comes hard, flicks it out, Bokes, it'd be appropriate, the captain, that is gold class. Leadership agrees with Travis Boke, he's better than ever.